All right, this is a pretty cool uh, bull in the basement. Happy to be joined by a Western New York product who has been in uh, Nashville long enough to develop for himself what we would call a Southern accent. Uh, <laughs> he is a uh, renowned country artist, and he's back in Western New York on August 6th for Howl in the Hills at Holland Speedway. It should be a terrific show. Eric Van Houten, first of all, dude, super to meet you, man. And uh, yeah. glad to have you on in the basement, even though you're in Nashville now. Yeah, man, I appreciate it big time. It's going to be awesome. It's cool to see you, man. Um, talk about some of the people you're going to be playing with, including the headliner on August 6th. Talk about Gary. Yeah, I mean, one of the best voices country music's had in, in forever, right? It's uh, He's he's unbelievable talent and um, even better showmanship, even better sportsmanship, even better just really a Nashville guy that kind of defines what country music should be about. Um, loves helping people on the, you know, on the up and coming track and just an awesome artist and awesome, uh, talent. And, you know, we've opened up for Rascal Flats a few times in the past and he's, uh, he's always been an, an awesome person to be around and just really excited to be on that show. I have heard a lot. I, I admittedly, I am not a huge country music fan. I mean, I, it, I don't dislike country music. I just kind of yeah. wasn't raised with it. I, sure. I, I, I've always done, you know, I've always been in kind of the, in the rock world, you know what I mean? But I'm aware yep. of it enough to know who you are and obviously a lot of your peers as well. But one thing I have heard a lot of from people, especially sort of in your upper up and coming pure dim, I'll call it, um, is that the people that Gary, for instance, that you talked about, the people that, had, that have made it, that have, you know, multi-platinum record after record after record after record. Yeah. The majority of them, to your point, are extremely helpful in growing, I guess I'll call it the product, right? In, in keeping country music as huge as it is now and growing it even bigger and better. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just a, it's a huge community, man. And it's uh, it's awesome to be a part of it. And it's, it's awesome to be from Buffalo, obviously amazing fans and family. And I mean, I think nothing but friendship out there. It's just, it's an unbelievable place. And I mean, they've, if it wasn't for, you know, Buffalo I probably wouldn't have moved down here in the first place. They just supported it from the start. And um, so it's amazing to have that and, and come down here and, and you meet guys like Gary and, and just everybody in the industry, whether it's an artist, a label person, a publicity person, radio people, like just everybody involved, the, the village that it takes, you know, to break an artist, everybody just wants everybody to win, which is really cool. And, you know, if you're, um, if you got the drive and you're driven to just really focus on your craft and, and focused on being your own artist, then, you know, a lot of people see that, man. And it's, it's really cool to have, it's, it's almost like the ladder analogy. You know what I mean? People are climbing up the ladder and they just, they consistently look down to see who needs help up. And it's really cool. I'm, I'm going to talk about dreamers. I'm going to talk about some of your music because yeah. um, it's really, really good, dude. It is, it is Thanks, really man. well written. It's really well performed. It's really well produced. I mean, um, and you talk about some of the Buffalo artists that are down there and, and, and I don't know if you know them or where there's a, I mean, Caitlin cook is down there. I think mm -hmm. uh, Jillian Eliza is another Western New Yorker that's down there. Yep. Um, Claudia Heuser is not in Nashville, but, She's a rising Western New York star on the, on the country scene as well. Do you, do, yeah. you, do you know those people? Do you keep in touch with them? Is yeah. there that Western New York community amongst you guys? Yeah, I mean, we're all so busy grinding. I'm not sure how much we see each other. But, yeah, everybody's down here, man. I love it. It's just, a, 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 again, it's the community thing. And, and I'm sure they feel the same. Um, 
you just get down here and it's, it's hard not to make friends and it's hard not to just keep growing in the industry when you're surrounded by it every day. It's awesome. We'll talk about that though, man. Cause I'll be honest with you again, from sort of an outsider's perspective, right? Sure. When, I, when I, when I hear country music and I see some of the names and I look at some of the people, I feel like unless you were really, really immersed in it, I feel like a lot of the songs sort of sound alike. A lot of the people sort of look alike. A lot of the names sort of sound alike. Yeah. And, and I guess the point of my question or, or point is, um, gosh, there's got to be insane competition. I mean, like I said, your stuff is phenomenal. Thank and, you. And, and, and you're not even you're 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 almost there. Right. Yeah. yeah but you're, yeah, but yeah. you're not there there yet. So talk about that. I mean, it's friendly competition, but still, man, it's you want to win. Right. Oh, yeah, of course. And that's I guess that's part of what I meant by like the drive situation, right? Because there's so much talent down here. Um, so many people that just want it really bad. And you just have to wake up and show up and work really hard every day. And I think it's a timing thing, too. You know what I mean? Everybody's everybody's timeline, everybody's trajectory is way different. So it's, you know, you have to, you know, you have to have that mentality that you're you got to be stoked for your friends. You got to be stoked for the people that, you know, are winning right now and that, you know, are, are starting to climb the success ladder and all that stuff because number one, like, and, and I mean, just even people you write with on, you know, first time writing with somebody, you might, I mean, that guy might have 10 number ones in a matter of three years. You know what I mean? You just never know. It's like, you know, so many people's trajectories are so different. You know, some people do this, some people do this for, you know, 12 years and other people just dog fight until the end. And it's, it's one of those things where you just have to, you know, you just have to work together, obviously, and then just cheer on the people next to you because they could be 10 steps ahead of you or 10 steps behind you when, you know, when it's all said and done. You just got to be there for everybody. And it's definitely competitive. And that's, the, you know, everything should be, you know what I mean? I mean, you shouldn't you shouldn't just get it handed to you. You got to fight for it, you know, especially if you want it bad enough. Um, I'm clearly wearing this hat. Um, <laughs> I've worn it literally like I went to a dude ranch out in Colorado, man. And you, you have it. to have a hat like this. If you go to one of yeah. those places, but prior to, I never had one. I think I've yeah. worn it once since. So do I do it? Okay. Am I doing it justice? Yeah, you're rocking it, man. Good? I would have known it wasn't your first uh, favorite genre of music. Cool. Okay, good, good, good. Um, I've honestly never worn a cowboy hat in my life. For real? Yeah. Maybe wow. one time, like to a concert, like as yeah. a, as like a little, you know, party trick wearing a flannel and some cut off shorts <laughs> or something like as a joke, but never worn one on stage, never had one. But I will, say, I will say this though, dude. I mean, take off, you got a you got a good thing going on oh, yeah. upstairs, right? Yeah, I mean I got pretty I got pretty blessed, man. Yeah, That's, it's it's pretty damn good, dude. Yeah. So I could understand that very much. Um, how does a West Seneca West kid become a, a country music star? Uh, amazing question. Um well, I guess for starters, like my dad's side of the family is like the classic rock, you know, um, rock and roll genre of music. And my mom was always country music. And um, it was just I, I, my first concert was Poison and uh, Motley Crue. So for me, I was like a little 80s hair metal kid trying to rock it out. And uh, obviously being from Western New York, love the Google Dolls, love like the Matchbox 20 sound, all that stuff. And it uh it's funny how you go back and listen to some of that stuff and you just add a couple pieces like a banjo and a steel guitar. And a lot of those songs fit right in right now. And, you know, in, in the current uh, frame of what country music's defined as, which 
I guess the beautiful part is that there's no definition. Like, if you, you know, you could, you could be the Sam Hunt or the Breland and the, and I mean, even Nelly's crossed over into it. And I grew up listening to country grammar when I was a kid. So it's like, there's, there's such a wide spectrum. And um, I just remember writing songs a lot growing up and got to a point where I was, you know, playing shows as just Eric Van Houten and had a cover band. And we started playing a couple of those originals. And then, you know, people started asking for country music, the more and more it got, uh, more popular and um we started throwing some of those into our set and i started realizing quickly like man i, I think i'm writing country music and i don't even know it and <laughs> you know i fell in love with keith urban early um listening to him growing up and and with my you know the, mom, the way that my mom listened to music and um just the fact that he was able to bring that rock element of guitar and like full band live band um into the the, the genre it kind of opened up the door for me well, you also, I mean, speaking of, you know, the rock look, sound, feel, whatever, man, I mean, you're, you're all tatted up. I mean, that's, <laughs> yeah, you don't yeah. see that a lot, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's definitely uh, a part of the, um, this guy's a lover, but he could still probably beat you up. By. <laughs> <laughs> that's um, kind of the, the edgy, the edgy lover that we were going for. For sure. Uh, Eric Van Houten, HowlOnTheHills.com for information on Howl on the Hills, August 6th, Howlin' Speedway, Gary from Rascal Flats, um, Tents at Howl, A Girl Named Jenny. I mean, uh, yeah. really, really great bands are going to be playing. And, and a lot of you that are watching this that are local are aware of a, a lot of them as well. Um, it yeah. should be a really, really fun day. I've never been. It's at Holland Speedway, so it's at a racetrack. So I'm a, you have that sort of, sort of NASCAR feel kind of built in, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Let's get the country cool. audience riled up. Who, to this point, is the most famous person that you're aware of that's a fan of your music? Shit. Oh, sorry. I don't know if you're, I you're good. That's fine. Um, <laughs> man, uh, I've been blessed to uh, know a couple of athletes that, that, you know, play on the big stages that love the music. Um, I mean, you know, all the guys we've toured with, Chase Race, Coral Sundell, all those guys, they're all buddies, and Dan and Shea guys, all buddies. And I think one of the coolest things, I got a text message from Shea Mooney from Dan and Shea, and, you know, he's like, hey, man, just listen to the whole record front to back. Well done. Uh, so that's pretty cool that, to have guys like that in your corner. And um, I would probably say it'd have to be Kid Rock. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, we, we I've, through, like, meeting mutual friends uh, – we got a chance to hang out and he's jammed some tunes and, and he digs them. I think that's pretty cool. That is killer, dude. I have had the opportunity to interview Kid Rock and that dude is badass, top to bottom, front to back. And he's just, he is, yeah. And he's a good dude. He's just a good yeah. dude. Yeah. People, he's the people, definition of rock and roll for, for sure. sure. For sure. And, and what a talent he is too. He can play so many different instruments. Um, yeah. And, and I just think he's always been so, so, so underrated. It's crazy, but that's really, really awesome. Um, so who's the coolest? He's sort of a crossover guy. Who's who's the coolest, maybe biggest country star you've you've ever met where you were like jaw dropping? Holy crap! Like maybe you shared the stage with them. I haven't shared the stage with them yet, but um, I was at that Tortuga Music Festival down in Florida a couple of years back, and Keith was headlining. It. Keith everyone was headlining it, and uh, I was actually. Um, we were kind of hanging in a circle with a couple of awesome guys. Uh, Kit Moore was one of the first country artists I actually opened up for. No kidding. Cool. That was almost 12 years ago now. And he's been a, a good buddy throughout everything too. And um, 
you know, giving me some good advice, good pointers. And uh, we were all just kind of huddled up in a little circle, just chit-chatting and had no idea we were right outside Keith's bus. And he came walking out and chopped it up with us for 20 minutes before he went on stage. And that was probably, that was probably a cool experience. I would say meeting Reba McIntyre too. I mean, I'm not, you know, she's, she's just the, the queen of country. You know what sure. I mean? I mean, there's 12 of them out there, but she's definitely up there on the, the top dog list. So it was that, pretty cool. That is super cool. Okay. I'll ask you this, and most people, when I ask them questions like this, don't want to answer it, but I'm going to ask you anyway. All right. um, and you don't have to answer it. It's up to you. But who's the, the biggest star that just, you know, gave you a bad taste? They might have big-timed you, you know, like we, we've all run into that, that guy or girl. Like, is there there's somebody? A few, there's, a, there's a few out there for sure. And there's a few people that you thought you were buddies with that uh, once the scenario changes to where it benefits them, they, they immediately run. So um, you, okay. you just come, you come across that in every, every industry, whether it's working an office place or working construction site or working in music or being an athlete, like you, you always come across the people that just, they don't have the, the family mentality so that, you know, that, that most of us do, but um, it is I, what it is, man. Yeah, no, for sure. I get that. Um, I, I'm just, you know, from, from a fan perspective, I think we've all been in that place where you had that, and even, even me doing radio as long as I did and interviewing as many people as I did, yeah. you know, people come in and you, you, that's probably from a fan's perspective, that's a wrong thing to do is have this like expectation of fill in the blank person, because there are times when you do get disappointed and there are times when that disappointment is not intentional when that, that star is just having a bad day. Cause they're all human. Right. I mean, yeah, we've all I was been just going to say, you kind of have to be, devil's advocate and get them the benefit of the doubt because it it is not an easy industry and it is not an easy schedule you get put on you know unfortunately if some of those bad tastes come after a a four you know four nights in a row and then you're on your fifth one and all you want to do is be back home in your bed and you got to say hi to you know 200 people in a meet and greet line and you gotta you know you gotta go put on a show in front of 20,000 people it's it's it can be tasking. And then not to mention, you know, in between all that, you're in the middle of doing radio tours and you're, you're meeting radio people and you're having to, you know, shake hands, kiss babies to 12 other people, you know, an hour before that. So it's, you got to give them the benefit of the doubt. A little bit. See, that's so funny because there are people probably watching this that, and, and listen, I've heard this too from people that were like, man, you got the greatest job ever, blah, 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 blah. And yeah. people would say to you the same thing. You're a country music star, man. Your life yeah. must be great. And then they hear you oh, yeah. say, yeah, but you got to play four days in a row and you got to meet people and you got to do this, that, and the other thing. And there's a lot of, there's not a lot of time to, you know, for yourself a lot of times. Yeah. That's something though, again, expectations for celebrities, you know, again, they're human beings and yeah, they're yeah. working. You, you think it's all fun and games and yeah, a lot of it is, but in the end it's still work, right, man? Yeah, you gotta you gotta turn on the switch, you know. Yeah. And sometimes sometimes the switch doesn't get turned off when you're going through meet and greet lines or you know, walking through a bar and somebody says what's up and you don't have the time because you gotta go from A to B yep. within a certain amount of time. And it's definitely tough. Um I love the stage I'm at because I don't I don't deal with that a lot right now. It's I I can I can give my time to everybody that wants to come up and, and talk to me and, and and talk about my music and it's the best. I love it. All right, what's the uh, what's the weirdest body part you ever autographed? <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> um, 
I signed somebody's kneecap once, then they got it tattooed on. Come yeah. on. Yeah. They had like a whole leg full of the tattoos of like signatures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then a bunch of other stuff around it. And I uh I was left with the kneecap. It was weird. Uh and and you know, having tattoos that you yeah. get a tattoo on a bone, man, that is not pleasant, correct? Yeah, I'm not sure I'm prepared for that one, but <laughs> I, I, got, I got my leg session coming up here soon. That's gonna I might just leave a circle around my knee. Awesome. Who's uh <laughs> Do you have one tattoo guy or, or a bunch in different cities or who do you go to? Uh, I have one back home. Uh, he's actually in Ellicottville. His name is Vinny. Um, he's in Ellicottville. He did a lot of the work on my left hand. And then uh, a few other guys did too. Keith uh, in Buffalo as well. And then there's a girl here that I use now. Her name is Kate Bush and she's unbelievable. Very yeah. cool. Um, what is the thing you miss most and least from Buffalo? The food, the most, for sure. And family, obviously. Um, and then definitely the snow. Do, do not miss the weather. <laughs> um, I mean, as you can probably hear with the birds chirping and how nice it is, it's, you know, seven o'clock my time, eight o'clock, whatever. And uh, gorgeous. You know, we've had 10 straight days of 90 degree weather and no rain, and it's been amazing. That's awesome. What do you uh, what do you love and hate about Nashville? Uh, the traffic right now. We're getting we're becoming a very busy city, and it's it's been like this. You know, it's been happening since I moved here, and every day you just find yourself trying to find a new route <laughs> to get to where you got to get to because there's either a party bus or a tractor hauling people around or some pedal tavern floating around, and you got to find a way through it. Um, but the best thing. As, I mean, obviously, just the ability to really hone in on the music and, and the craft. It's, you know, it's funny because everybody always asks. I mean, you know, you have Broadway and a lot of artists and musicians play on Broadway. And it's, sure. it's, amazing. Yeah. it's such an outlet for a lot of people to, you know, stay, stay on their game, make money. You know, most importantly, a lot of people live off Broadway. And it's amazing that it can do that and that there's so many tourists that come here for that. But um you know, I get asked all the time, like, you know, how often do you play down in Nashville? And it's crazy. I, I barely play down here. It's, you know, we're always on the road. That's, you know, we play on the road and tour on the road and stuff. And it's nice to be able to just come back and, and take the live show and bring it back down to just what it was when I first started. And that's just, you know, me and the acoustic guitar and trying to write the next, you know, big hit. <laughs> some of those, I mean, I've been to, I've been on Broadway, I've been to some of those bars and it is, you know, that you, you, you talked about it, that most of those bars, you just shouldn't say all of them, but a lot of those bars have that really intimate feel from the little bar that you started playing in, in Buffalo and maybe yeah. coming up. Right. I mean, it just brings you back to those sort of rootsy moments. Right. Exactly. Yeah. There's not too many dive bars anymore in Nashville. So you gotta, you gotta dig for those ones. And by the way, you mentioned Kid Rock and Kid Rock has, a massive bar doesn't he in nashville and, and maybe, maybe people didn't know that but yeah yeah it's three stories and it, it's usually the busiest between his and aldean's are, are usually the busiest when you go down there but I, I do my best to avoid that that strip of broadway i'm sure i'm sure um talk a little bit you know we talked about the music a little bit earlier talk yeah. a little bit about um getting together with a songwriter i mean obviously you've written your song your own songs yeah, a lot of country artists have their own songwriters whose sole job is that, right? Yeah. yeah. And so, so for in your situation, where where are you? How many 
songs are yours? How many of yours are a combination? How many of the songs that you perform are somebody else's? Um, like, how, does it, how does it work? It's honestly, I think I've been here almost 10 years, maybe eight now at this point. Eight to 10, something like that. Seven to 10. And I don't think I've written a song by myself since I've been here. Um, usually you're in a room with one, two, three other people and you're, you're, you know, hammering out ideas and, you know, working on, working on lyrics, working on the melodies, all that stuff. And um, honestly, even if it's the best song that I've ever written, everything's available. You know what I mean? If Luke Bryan calls and wants it, he can take, get, you know, make that number one. Let's, let's make it as a songwriter. And uh, so everything's available, but um, there are some that, you, you know, you hope nobody likes so that you can, you can put them on your own record and stuff. Yeah. Right. But you bring up a really good point and you, you, you just, you just lobby a softball in terms of a question. Like, sure who is the one maybe you said his name who's the one guy that you'd love to play your music more than anybody else somebody said man i love this song i want to play it who would that yeah, guy be keith, keith yeah, evans just, dude that's yeah. like that guy for me like just the way he manipulates songs to be his own even if he loves the lyrics and the melodies he'll keep it all but he just implements that guitar and like it just changes the game and you know he's been it's been a it's been a dream to have him cut a song and then, you know, tour with him. And then that would be, that'd be the, the ideal situation. As long, you've been there almost a decade. What does it take to have a multi-platinum record and, and to make millions on the road and to, you know, sell millions in merch and whatever, and, and like really hit it. I mean, is it the songs themselves? Is it radio airplay? Is it just constant exposure? Is it being on the road and in front of people? And, and, you know, what, I mean, what does it take? You're, you're, you're kind of hitting it. it's a combination of all that but just like i mean it all starts with the song right you need you need this label rep or this label person to love the song and then you get then they got to fall in love with you as an artist right so like everything everything that you mentioned you have to be doing that so they can say okay this kid obviously wants it and he's got an amazing song to back it up and he performs it well and this is just what it is you know right, let's pretend Let's pretend I'm wearing the hat. So let's just, you know, whatever. Um, let's pretend we're writing a song. Um, yeah. So you, I'm sitting here. I'm waiting for you to walk in. You got your, what, what, what happens? So you walk in, you sit down. I'm already waiting for you. Let's write a song. What, what goes on? Man, usually you start, you know, everybody kind of throws title ideas out. Um, you know, like just you're in the room. Let's say we wrote last night lonely with John party. You walk in there. And let's say you had the title, you spit out the title and then you just start talking about the idea, the concept behind it. And that's the beautiful thing about songwriting and like the creative part of it is that you have to kind of, if you've been there and you've been in that scenario, it's easy to kind of find that, that place. But if you haven't, you got to put yourself in that person's shoes, whatever. And sometimes, you know, like I do the songwriter thing and you get in with, you know, another artist and the artist you're writing for that specific person. And they're like, Hey, just went through this breakup. This is how it went down, blah, blah, blah. Now you're focused on creating yourself in his shoes or in her shoes and being like, okay, this is what happened. And now how do we express that in, in you know, under three and a half minutes? That's the, that's the ultimate challenge, right? Cause exactly. I mean, right. You, you, a six minute country songs, probably not going to work. Cause it, no one's going to tolerate it on radio. It's the same everywhere now. I mean, it doesn't matter what genre you and you get a six minute song odds are you're not making it um, or, or you've already made it and people don't care. Right. 
Yeah, it's not something that will ever hit the radio, that's for sure. Right, right. And you need the radio. That's, that is for sure. Okay. Um, let's talk a little bit about Dreamers, man. Uh, yeah. came out earlier this year. Yep. Um, I've listened to a lot of it. Like I said, very early in the conversation, it's really phenomenal, man. I'm, I'm not Thank really you. a lyric guy myself. I'm more of a music yeah. guy. And it is, it is, it is thick. It's juicy. It's layered. Um, it is so well produced. Obviously, vocally, it's terrific, man. I, I, I give you. you a lot of credit and talk a little bit about, you know, the success so far of it, from it, um, some of the behind the scenes into making it. And of course, you're going to take it on the road, of course, all summer long. So talk all about, yeah. about all that. Yeah. Um, well, we, we had released, I think, four or five of the 13 songs like the prior year. Um, I think it was like run lucky me girl that got away comes back and kiss her where have already been we're already out um, and come find me we just did a piano version and that's a song I put out back in 2018. Um, so I think it was just a matter of finding those other, you know, seven songs, I think it is or eight songs and, and we, you know, we've, we've just kind of went through the Rolodex man the thousands of songs that I've written over the last how many years and just kind of found the ones that bet best fit what's happening. And uh, two of those songs actually were written by fellow co-writers. I wasn't even a part of them um, straight out of nowhere in mad love. I didn't write either of those, but um, I'd been, we'd been playing them out as a band and just cause I loved the songs and felt like it fit in our set. And um, we'd gotten a lot of, a lot of compliments on those songs over the years and just thought we had to, you know, get them on, get them on uh you know on the spotify and on the apple music and all that stuff out there and just allow people to listen to them on a daily basis and um kisser has been the biggest song for sure um you know we we accumulated like i think two million two and a half million streams in a matter of a year so it's been really cool and it's all you know we have, we've had a little love from spotify but it's been a lot of just the listeners liking the music and that's kind of early on when i was here i, I wanted everything to happen so fast and then once you once you're in the mix and you're playing and you're touring and you're meeting all these people that you know say they love your music, it's you kind of you kind of get a, a, an appreciation for the the slow kind of climb up the hill because you you really do grasp like real real audiences and real fans and that that you know will stay with you ten years down the line. So um, it's really cool to see these songs you know just out there and, and doing their thing and um, you know hopefully the next single will be you know, be the one, but if not, we'll go after the next one. Um, are you a guy and are, are your bandmates and now, now your band, is it typically always the same guys or do you filter in session guys? How does that work? Yeah. Um, my, my like full-time drummers, because we're kind of laid back on work a little bit right now, just focusing on the, the artist side and the, sure. and the recording side. Yep. Um, you know, we've been pretty spotty with shows. He's, uh, he's out with another artist and just doing his thing, which I love that because that, like I said, it's the community thing, you know, like he's out on a full tour and he's out making money and, and working and loving every second of it and staying, staying sharp on the drums. And, you know, we've had a consistent rotation of bass player and guitar players that have been with me for the last like five or six years. So it's been really, really consistent, really good. And it's a lot of fun. And you know, the, the exposure most people have had, to a, you know a recording session is you know like the queen movie you know like yeah. they, they see how that happened but other yeah. than that most people don't have the benefit of being able to 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 watch how a record's made so for you guys do you do your songs in parts do you perform them live like how typically does it so, work for you 
uh, I signed a publishing deal back in 2019 with a fellow named Chris Stefano, and he, you guys can, you can look him up. He's an unbelievable talent. Um, bunch of number ones for Carrie Underwood, Luke Bryan, Aldean, Dan and Shea, Chris Young, and the list goes on. And, uh, he's an incredible producer. Um, so usually, you know, typically you're in a room with a full band, you know, everybody's playing an instrument and then you do all the post-production stuff after like the little layovers and stuff. But, um, with the way we've been doing it, Chris, it's just me and Chris in the room and, and we play every instrument and, and we produce it and, you know, he's just got such an ear for it that I don't even, I mean, I just sit back and watch him make magic. It's crazy. And, and you know, it's been a blessing because I, as much as I, you know, I did my first couple songs here with the whole band and, and all that. And, and as awesome as that experience is, I, I kind of like just being locked in, you know, like just me and him and we, we focus on what we hear and what we want and it, it's not hindered by any outside source. And it's just like, it really opens the door for our creative minds to kind of say, Hey, you know, what if, what if this does this in this part and like, you know, this drops off and you hear that little noise and little things. So it's, it's really cool to be able to focus on that. And, uh, with, and I, I do, I love the recording process just as much as I love writing, just as much as I love playing. It's gotta be incredibly flattering to know that you're part of this group with Chris, right? I mean, yeah. knowing who he's worked with in the past and how, how yeah. much of the, Oh my God, he's made this for those people. How much of that is in there for you and your heart or in your brain thinking, my God, if he can do this for yeah. them, yeah. I, I gotta be next, right? Yeah. Um and well, you can't become, you can't you probably can't yeah. think that either though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Chris has been an amazing friend of mine since I moved here. And uh we didn't even start working together until again. Yeah, three years ago now we've been we were buddies for six or seven before that so it's really cool to like you know when you're in the room and you're you're working you don't really think too much about it and then when you sit back and you you know he's kind of doing the edits and adding other instruments it, it, you definitely realize why he is where he is and who he is and it's uh it's definitely it's inspiring if anything else it, it's, it makes you work harder because it's you know someone like that believes in you and is willing to take time out of their day and their family to you know, sit in the studio with you for eight hours and record a couple of songs. I think it's, uh, it's inspiring, but at the same time, it just makes me want to work harder and sell out arenas that much more. Here's, I know this is probably way deeper than you thought it was going to be, but oh, I love when, it. when when you're singing other people's songs, sure. how are you able to emote what they're feeling? You know what I mean? Cause they're probably writing something based on, an experience of their own or whatever, yeah. you know, topically they're writing about. So how are you able to take that and sort of inject that into your persona, especially when you're performing yeah. those songs? I think it's just like, as far as cover songs go and like, you know, you throw a couple in well, in your set or whatever. I think it's a, it's a matter of like, you know, you obviously have to love the song if you're going to put it in your set. Um, no, I'm even saying, let, let me back up. Let me, let me uh, um, straighten this out. So Chris has written a song, right? He's yeah. written lyric. He's lyrically written a song that yeah. you're, you're going to be performed. So he yeah. writes that song. You didn't write those words. You don't know necessarily the place he yeah, was I in think, when he. I think it's. I, I get what you're saying. No, I think yeah. it's. Um, I think every artist across the board can that that cuts outside songs like other people wrote them. I think it's a matter of of the song hitting you. You know what I mean? Like you, you you're not going to cut a song just because 
this guy, this guy, and that guy wrote it. I mean, you might, but you, you know, it's got to say something to you too. You know, whether it's from your past, future, present, whatever your mind's feeling, like it's got to hit you in a way where you're willing to record it. You know what I mean? Especially the bigger guys like the Aldeans and the Luke Bryans, like, you know, they hear songs and you, you have to love it, right? You have to love it. It has to hit you in a way, whether it's just because you think it's an amazing song and you really enjoy listening to it, that you're willing to cut it. Or if it's, you know, something that hits home about a breakup or losing a family member or falling in love, whatever it is, it's, it's got to hit home or else it's, it's not going to be resonated live or recorded. You know? Right. For sure. How much of a rush is it for you performing and watching people sing along to your songs and smile and know that what you're doing is a complete escape for them from their day to day? Yeah. I mean, there's nothing like it. It's hard. You can't even put it into words. It's incredible. I would do it every day until my voice came out. If I could. Yeah. So it's cool it's, it's um, just, I, go ahead. I just love it. Love it. Um, so country music, you know, you, you hear again, I've been to one country concert my whole life. It was yeah. a pretty good one. It was Garth Brooks, like 20 something years ago. It's pretty good. Yeah, can't beat that. Right. That's not terrible. Um, but I hear a lot of things about country uh, country concerts. I especially hear from my buddies that go and have been that um, the ladies at country shows are better than any. They're better than the rock girls. They're better than the hip hop girls. Oh, yeah. They're better than anybody. Yeah, I'm no, no doubt about it. It's, it's and they bring they bring the fellas that that drive home the the party anthems and the and the the good times that you have. I mean, it's. It's just an easy listening genre of music. You put it on at any summer party on any summer boat and nobody's going to have a bad time. And I think that's what's kind of resonated with a lot of the people and, you know, all the fans are like, it's, it's awesome. Uh, Howl in the hills.com is where you can find tickets for Howl in the Hills. Howl yep. on Speedway, August 6th uh, with Eric Van Houten, our guest here on Bull in the Basement, Gary from Rascal Flats um 10 cent howl girl i mean the lineup's great ga tickets are 50 bucks great i mean that's reasonable for sure you can get yeah. vip which gets you like parking and like better seats for just over 100 kids under 10 are free they're doing a thing earlier in the day when if you you know come down and ride your bike you can actually ride around the the track there at holland speedway oh, that's cool that's cool yeah man um it, it should be a good show what did i leave out here man did i did i did we touch everything that you want to want to touch down anything else you want to promote you want to give out your all your social media stuff. I encourage you to do yeah. that. Certainly. Everything's everything's just Eric Van Houten. H O U T E N. That's it. You're the, you're the yeah. country VH. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Dude, this was yeah, fun, man. man. I, I appreciate I'm, it, bro. Yeah. I, I'm really glad we could do this and I'm glad we got it set up and yeah. wish you all the best. And um, man, in, 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 in a couple of years when you were, you were blowing up, just, just remember yeah. me. Okay. Yeah. Deal. Deal. Stoked <laughs> to hang with the six, man. I appreciate y'all. All right, man. Good to see you. Thanks for doing it. Thanks. Be well.